Welcome to the Service Academy Sorority, a space where women that have graduated from the service academies can share their stories and build a sense of camaraderie and sisterhood. This episode features Erica Chapman, a 2018 graduate from the U.S. Air Force Academy. In this episode, you'll hear about Erica's constant pursuit to look beyond herself and have a positive impact on the people around her. As a basketball recruit from Texas, she faced a variety of challenges that tested her throughout her four years at the academy, including multiple injuries and a lengthy legal battle that required her to sit out for most of her first two seasons. But Erica views each of these hurdles as an important piece of her development and is now thriving in her career as a logistics readiness officer, while also serving as a support for minorities at the academy. You're definitely going to enjoy the positive outlook she brings to the conversation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Erica. Thanks for having me. Can you start off by telling everyone where you're from, what school you went to, and when you graduated? Yes, so I'm a military brat, so I like to say I grew up nowhere and everywhere, but I graduated high school from Cibolo, Texas, just outside of San Antonio, so I claim that as home. I went to the U.S. Air Force Academy and graduated in 2018. Uh, Can you give everyone one to two lines about who you are today? Uh, Yes, uh, I'm an optimist. Uh, I strive to be a pathfinder and I'm passionate about advancing and progressing women and underrepresented minorities in the military and civilian sectors. I'm a logistics readiness officer stationed at Eglin Air Force Base. Awesome. And uh, Eglin Air Force Base is in Florida, correct? That's correct. In the panhandle. In the panhandle. Okay. That's quite different than uh, up in Colorado where you were. Huh? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit more humid here. But. Yeah, just a little, just a touch. Um, okay. All right. So to start, um, let's go back to the beginning uh, when you were deciding where to go to college. Um, what made you choose a service academy and what made you specifically choose the United States Air Force Academy? So I actually didn't have the Air Force Academy or any service academy on my radar. Uh, I was mostly focused on basketball. I played my whole life. And then my sophomore year of high school was when I really started being intentional about my future basketball endeavors. Uh, So that was really when I realized that playing at the next level, especially the Division I level, was something I was committed to doing. So I had a lot of schools um, offer me scholarships. I narrowed it down to three, and the Air Force Academy was one of those three. And just a backstory, my dad's actually a 30-year veteran, and he was in the Air Force, uh, retired as a chief master sergeant. So super excited. That probably influenced me a lot on my decision. Yeah. But he really, that was my decision. He made that very clear. Um, But I saw what the Air Force did for him and the impact that I could have away from basketball after school was really what made me choose the Air Force Academy. Mm, Interesting. Um, That's really awesome that you had that perspective at such a young age to see that, you know, that you could have an impact beyond basketball because it sounds like basketball was really your focus at that time and a huge part of your life you know? It was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you even consider any of the other academies? No. So I got letters from West Point, but I can't be an Air Force brat and (laughs) go Army. (laughs) So (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. So had your, um, had your dad ever mentioned the Air Force Academy to you when you were growing up? Um, not really. He had traveled there for uh, TDYs and work, but he never wanted to make my decision in life or influence me in that way. But showing the impact of that he's had on his airmen and what it's done for him. He grew up in a small town in Georgia, one stoplight. So for him to go from a small town in Georgia to the impact that he's had on his, not only his life, but my life and the airmen that he's led, that was a huge influence on me. Interesting. So you were exposed to that growing up then, like seeing I that. I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So what did you witness growing up that really like had this huge influence on you? So I think the biggest thing, I went to work with my dad one day and he walks into the room and everyone kind of stands up and is like, oh, hey, chief. Hey, chief. And I was like, dad, why do they stand up for you? That's an awkward thing to do. <laughs> but he kind of explained his position to me and just seeing like how happy people were to interact with him and have like very insightful conversations. I was like, wow, like. I want to be that person that positively impacts someone's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That must've been s such a huge moment to kind of bridge the gap. Like, Oh, this isn't just my dad. Like he has this, this influence outside of my own life. <laughs> Definitely. I'm very proud of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So was he in for your whole childhood then? Yes, he was. Okay. Gotcha. So now um, for high school, were you in the same location then for the full four years? So I was there for three years. Okay. Okay. And you played basketball the whole time. I did. Basketball was my life since I think elementary school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so at, in your high school was going to a federal service Academy, something that a lot of kids did or. Um, yes, so we had a large population of military in our area. So I know one person a year before me had went to the Air Force Academy. And then we had a few people with siblings that had gone to federal academies. Okay, so it wasn't totally unheard of when you started dabbling with this idea. It wasn't. I had people around that I could ask questions to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And did you actually go and visit the Air Force Academy? I did. So I went to their basketball elite camp. So if they have prospects that they're thinking of offering, they invite to the school for a few days just to work out and kind of tour the academy. So that was my first in-person exposure. Nice. And did you, did you like it? I actually fell in love. I had never seen a mountain before. <laughs> um, they were just yeah. so beautiful. The people there that I met, the coaching staff, um, the players, I was like, wow, these are amazing people that I think I want to be with. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, so what were the other two schools in your top three? So Stony Brook in New York and Louisiana Lafayette. That is so random. I'm from Long Island, so I know Stony Brook very well. And that oh, was not, wow. that's not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> I know, they were probably the school that, um, 
academically were on a similar level as the academy. So they were, it was between the academy and Stony Brook. Gotcha. Okay. And what was your goal at that time? Did you have any clarity about what you wanted to study? Um, no, actually. My main goal was what am I going to do after basketball? Because I know I'm probably not going to go in the WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> and just again, back to that impact and purpose. Like, I know I'm not going to be an athlete forever. So what am I going to do to set myself up after? It's interesting because like, even when I asked you that question before about having that, you know, that, that, uh, that awareness that, you know, you might want to have an impact beyond basketball outside of basketball. I like hesitated a little bit because some people get very touchy about that. Like they do <laughs> believe they're going to be, and, and, and listen, some people can be, I, you know, I don't know your skills, <laughs> but, but, but I get like, I dance around it a little bit. Cause I'm like, I don't want to offend her if she, you know, like, really was going to be on that track. But, um, but that's, that's awesome that you, you were thinking like that. Like, what could you do beyond this sport? And, um, and that you saw the, the, the potential that the Air Force Academy had to give you a variety of options, I'm assuming, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so obviously you were recruited and obviously you had the skill sets for basketball to play with them, um, to play at the Air Force Academy. Uh, it sounds like you had the grades too. Um, so was there any struggle like getting in at all or was it pretty seamless for you once you decided yes it was pretty seamless so the coaching staff will kind of help you go through the process and then I had to do my congressional nominations on my own but it, it was pretty seamless I think the support system's definitely there for the athletes yeah yeah and it sounds like your family and school and friends everyone was pretty supportive as well or no Yes, they're very supportive. So when I did my initial commitment, uh, when you call the coaching staff and let them know that you do want to come to their school, I did that. And my dad actually cried. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he try to stand back while you were making that decision to the best of his ability? Yes, he definitely stood back. Um, I tell everyone I was probably brainwashed as a kid <laughs> growing <laughs> up in that, the family because it's kind of it's hard not to hide the Air Force and the military. Yeah. So I had that in the back of my head, but he definitely stood back, let me make the decision. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so it sounds like that whole process went pretty well for you. You got to spend some time at the Air Force Academy. So it wasn't totally foreign to you what it would be like showing up, I'm sure. Um, at least you saw the Academy because I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I never was there. It's like, wow, oh, wow, <laughs> scary. <laughs> but, uh, but tell me, um, before we dive into your time at the Academy, if you had to sum up your time at the Academy in one word, what would it be? I would say grit. Um, I know we'll get into it later, but I didn't have the conventional time at the academy. There, there were some struggles, but um, I had a sense of determination that I came out of the academy with. So definitely that grit is the mm -hmm. one word. I love it. Yeah. And yes, we'll definitely dive into that more as we, uh, as we move through this. But, um, but to start, uh, let's talk a little bit about that first day and the first summer. How was it showing up there? How did it go for you? All that kind of stuff. Definitely. So I thought I knew what I was getting into. I was like, 
I've lived this Air Force life my whole life, but I got a shock. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm used to coaches yelling at me. I'm used to doing hard athletic drills, but the academy is, it's a beast and it pushes you to your limit just to make you stronger. Um, mm. My roommate definitely helped me through a lot. She was a preppy and kind of understood um, why is someone my age yelling at me? Um, it's all a mental game. She definitely helped me get through that, <laughs> that first summer. Yeah. yeah. What parts of it did you struggle with the most? I would say the altitude. <laughs> so um, coming from Texas to Colorado, I, I didn't realize the impact it would have on my body. I thought Huge. being an athlete would help, and it just did not. I underestimated the altitude. <laughs> yeah, it's no joke. It really is no joke. Uh, did you? How long did it take you to adjust? Um, so probably second beast is the second half of – um, our basic cadet training. So that's when we go out to Jack's Valley, um, kind of in the wilderness. I think that was when I finally adjusted. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Now, did you, um, did you do anything with the basketball team while you were in your summer beast summer? Is that what they call it? beast summer? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's a BCT basic cadet training, but okay. it's broken down into beast one and beast two. Okay. Okay. So during Beast One, we were able to go down during our um, athletic time and we would go work out with the team and kind of do drills just so we don't forget our skill set that we had going into summer. Ah, uh, gotcha. Did you find that, how was that experience for you? It was definitely a relief just to be around the girls and the encouragement that they gave you. Um, yes, we were down there to work on our basketball skill, but it was definitely a support system that they gave us like, hey, you're going to make it through. We know it's hard. We've all been there. So just having the team around was a huge support and helped me get through it as well. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that being a little bit of a relief for you. Okay, so you, you made it through summer pretty, I mean, with it sounds like the normal kind of ups and downs of summer and the altitude and that kind of stuff. Um, nothing major occurred, correct? Correct. Okay. So we get to academic year um, and tell me how things went. Um, academic year. It was, it was hard. I didn't realize how hard the academics would be. I, I love a challenge. So that wasn't really the problem, but in high school, I was definitely that person that, would study super hard for an hour and, and be fine for my test the next day. That wasn't really a struggle for me uh, during high school. So I definitely had to lean on my professors and classmates for study sessions that first year at the academy. Yeah, that's a big thing, uh, a big thing. Like all of a sudden you have to like learn how to be a student. could be yes. an eye opener for sure. And everyone's a valedictorian, so yeah. you're nothing special. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I feel you on that. Um, so, so what did you decide to do as far as majors go? Um, so I majored in management, which is the business equivalent at the Air Force Academy. Okay, well, um, why don't you tell me some of the major highlights of your time at the Academy? Um, so during my junior summer, I was able to be a sports camp counselor. So 
hundreds of kids come to the academy and they're basically there for a week. They sleep in the dorms, we're their counselor, their mentor. They do that for a week. And that was definitely a highlight because being around other cadets, um, we kind of have the same conversations. <laughs> um, but when you have 11 and 12 year olds come and like think you're amazing and you get that opportunity to mentor the next generation, that was a huge highlight for me. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a really cool experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were doing that for a basketball camp or just um, sports in general? Just sports in general. So we have our, our leadership uh, opportunities that we have to do during summer, and I signed up for sports camps. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Nice. And um, I, I definitely am sensing a little bit of a theme, given what you're currently doing in your life, and, and we'll get more into this, but of like liking that kind of role of really guiding the next generation of people coming up. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. So, um, were there any other highlights of your time at the Academy? I would say just the friendships that I established at the Academy. Um, most of them continue until this day. Even if we don't get to see each other, we'll have phone calls, Zoom calls, just to try to catch up. I'm even um, going into an investment opportunity with some of the friends uh, that I made at the Academy. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, were some of these friendships from the basketball team and was basketball a highlight for you? Yes. Basketball was definitely a highlight. I, <laughs> I have, I talked to my teammates at least once a month. We're all spread out. Um, and then we also try to reach back to the players that are still there to keep that bond. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll get into your whole basketball career in a minute, but uh, were there any other highlights for you while you were at the Academy? Um, so I know we'll talk about it later, but I had to take a pause in my basketball career. So the first game back um, to playing, my dad flew out to the game and saw me play. So it was kind of full circle my first time back on the court and I have one of my biggest fans there my mom wasn't able to make it but having my dad there was a huge moment for me wow that must have been awesome <laughs> <laughs> had he um had he been to the academy a few times with you or no um he had but again uh I hadn't got to play many games in basketball so seeing him and me being full out ready to play that was a huge moment I'm sure. Oh my gosh. How motivating to see him in the crowd there <laughs> cheering you on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, definitely see how that'd be a highlight. Um, all right. So, so while you were at the Academy, um, what were your goals? Like, did they start to come more and more into focus as you moved through your time? Yes. So they definitely morphed and grew. Uh, over my time at the academy freshman year I was definitely like I'm gonna be the best basketball player in the world we're <laughs> yeah. gonna turn this program around um, and then academically I was like oh I'm gonna be top of the class like always be my best so striving um, to make myself better was definitely a goal yeah yeah um, did you start to have more clarity about what you wanted to do post-graduation um, I did. So the competitor in me kind of took a step back and 
hey, I need to develop myself as a leader because I'm going to have airmen under me that are going to look to me to be that support system and, again, be that leader that they want to look up to and follow. So I kind of change my stance like, hey, I need to develop my leadership skills and how I navigate the world and present myself. Mm. So was the plan to go active duty Air Force? Uh, did you did you know exactly what in the Air Force you wanted to do, or not? Really? No. So I I just focused on commissioning. I really didn't know what AFSC I wanted to pursue. Um, being a management major, uh, contracting was up there, acquisitions, and then. I landed as a logistics readiness officer and it is the best job in the air force. So I'm Mm. super excited that I got it. Logistics are the way to go. Listen, (laughs) I I hear you on that, but, uh, um, all right. Well, so before we move on to that whole logistics officer piece and graduation, um, let's take a step back and talk about some of the lowlights you had at the Academy. Yes. So my, Freshman year, I had a season-ending injury. I broke my foot, so I ended up having to have surgery. And um, during that surgery, I had some complications, so I had to be evacuated to another hospital. I started off on the academy hospital and then ended up going off base. Uh, I woke up, and I had (laughs) my military commander there. I had my academy military trainer who's our enlisted leader and then I had my dad and mom in the room and my mom was the only one with me when I started to go back into surgery so um, I had no idea what had happened (laughs) so they explained to me um, I was having some issues waking up um, and with the anesthesia so they had to move me and then it was kind of a scary moment when I realized what had actually happened (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So it really showed me that like, you never know what's going to happen in life. Like I went in for just a foot surgery and then, um, I had some trouble waking up. So I need to live this life to the fullest extent possible. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is scary. Um, so, so that happened when during the season for basketball. So I broke my foot the first game. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And so that, I mean, let's not understate how traumatic that in itself must have been emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I understand, like, that was your thing. I mean, you went in, you were going to be the best (laughs) woman basketball player on the planet, not even at the school. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, I get that. Oh, that's so hard. And then, yeah, that's really scary. That is really, really scary. Um, so how did that impact your time at the Academy? Because, um, you had to recover from all of this and emotionally, that's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. I think I tried to go into every situation, um, just to the fullest extent possible, like putting myself out there. I didn't have sports to play. I had to sit on the sideline the whole time so I could really immerse myself into the Academy experience and kind of take a step back like hey basketball isn't everything let me go meet new people let me go put myself in situations that'll make me better wow that's like huge awareness to have 
at that age? Did you have people supporting you and helping you through that? I did. Definitely. Um, the cadets that I had in my squadron were a big support. Um, I had to run the strips on my boot. <laughs> so that was a struggle. I had people help me carry my books. Uh, the academy is definitely a support system. I can't emphasize that enough. People are there for you and we're there to make each other better. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the word grit is coming out for sure though here <laughs> for sure. Um, wow. So, okay. So first game broken foot life altering surgery experience. That was like huge eye opener. I mean, that's a lot to take in your freshman year. <laughs> It is, but I yeah. made it through it. You did. My teammates, they helped out a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so when were you able to get back to basketball? So I came back my sophomore year, um, but I know we'll get into kind of that time that happened. So my, I was planning to play my sophomore year. That was the plan. Okay, so, so after that, first game, first injury, you took the rest of the season to support the team, heal, kind of redirect your priorities a little bit. Um, it sounds like you were also, f from what you shared before, maybe just learning how to be a student again in a different mm -hmm. way. Um, but other than that, did the first year go, other than that, I mean, that's a lot, but uh, <laughs> did the first year go okay otherwise? I think it went okay. Um... I always try to be as optimistic as possible. So yeah. that definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then you approach, now you've alluded to the fact that something happened your, your sophomore year. So let's get into that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so my sophomore year, I went through a lengthy legal battle. So I had made an, a restricted report. Um, I know the difference between restricted and unrestricted is a restricted report. Um, the details of your sexual assault are kind of wrapped up just in the report. You, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays in that office. And then if you so choose to make it an unrestricted report, that's when the investigation occurs and you just go through that whole legal process. So I start off with a restricted report and then after the Sapper briefings, which is uh, sexual assault prevention, uh, I kind of had a change of heart. So I decided to make an unrestricted report, which kind of started the legal process and investigation. So that again, uh, took me away from basketball. Mm. Took you away from basketball because it was time consuming or because it involved something with basketball? Um, so it was very time consuming. We also had a change of coaching staff. So we had a completely new, a new head coach, assistant coach. It was a completely new coaching staff. Um, they had just met me. <laughs> we were going through conditioning and I kind of pulled my head coach aside and I was like, Hey coach, um, this is what's going on. Uh, I don't think I can continue with this season cause I'm going to be gone and I don't want to put that burden on the team I want to be there full throttle if I am going to be there so I decided to step away they were super supportive like my name never left the roster wow. <laughs> I was always welcome at practice so wow wow uh, I mean when we were talking about this sexual assault case like was that something that happened at the academy 
Um, so it happened off base, not okay. on the academy campus, but it was um, between myself and another cadet. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so that happened during your sophomore year? Yes. Yeah, so it happened freshman summer into okay. my sophomore year. Okay. Okay. So, so something happened off base with another cadet and then you decided to press charges uh, or to do this, file this unrestricted report. Well, restricted, that turned unrestricted report. And then that turned, how long did that uh, legal battle go on during your sophomore year? So it was a few months at least. Like I, I can't recall the exact time frame, but I know it was a time frame that I didn't want to put on my teammates in basketball because I knew it was good. I was in it for the long haul. I had made that decision to turn it unrestricted. So I was going to go through whatever it took um, to get through that process. That's such a big decision to make, especially because, you know, your first season of basketball, you know, you had your broken foot and that must, I mean, that must have been devastating. And now here you are your second, um, your second season with this difficult decision of stepping away. Um, that just must have been such a tough decision to make. I, I'm, I'm, how did that feel having to make that decision? It was a decision that was bigger than myself. If yeah, it was definitely bigger than myself. I asked myself, do I want this person leading someone as their officer? He's going to be in charge of X amount of airmen. Do I feel comfortable allowing this person to lead airmen? And God forbid, do I want this to happen to someone else? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, again, Erica, these are not easy decisions to make. You know, it, it, it can become so, it's so easy to just kind of get caught up in your own world, you know, in your own level of comfort, especially when you're at an academy and you're so uncomfortable already because life is just so crazy. Um, and that those, these are just big decisions, big, big decisions. Um, but it, it sounds like you feel like good that you made that decision to, to stand up for what you believe in and, and to move forward with that. Yes, I definitely don't regret it. I, I did lose some friends, but I gained some lifelong friends from that whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it tends to work, you know. But that, that also can be tough. It can be tough to face that, you know. Um, so your whole sophomore year basketball season was, was wiped out or just part of it? Um, yes, it was kind of completely wiped out. I tried to go to some games to support, um, show up at some practices, get some workouts in just to keep that skill set. But yeah. at the end of the day, I couldn't really contribute very much. Yeah. Yeah, ma'am. I just got to say this. Your dad must be like so proud of you. Um, I mean, because seriously, seriously, like, you know, you started all this off with like how basketball was your life. You chose the academy because they recruited you for basketball and all this stuff. And man, like the thing that seems like it's influenced you the most was just being a good airman like like your dad and being a good leader like your dad, I should say, you know, um, it's just it's incredible. Uh, all right, so so you so basketball season sophomore year was a no go. Uh, 
when did you get back to basketball? And then when was that first game where your dad showed up? That was junior year. Okay. So very exciting. It took me a while to get back on the court officially, but it was definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, now knowing the whole story, I can see why, why that must've been such a huge moment for you. Huge. Um, well, after, so you had the, the big injury and then you had the sexual assaults and that whole legal battle that happened. Um, were there any other major lowlights that occurred while you were at the academy? Um, so <laughs> I know I sound like a broken record with surgeries, but I had surgery my junior summer. So I had injured my shoulder during a game and I played, played through the entire season, but I had to have surgery my junior year so that my after the season so that I could get back for my senior season. So that wasn't a low light. That was a perseverance, but <laughs> grit. That's grit yes, right there, that, yeah. that was the grit kicking in. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You were definitely committed though to like getting a, some seasons in here though, with all these <laughs> things going on. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But so that, so that surgery went smoothly though. Yes. Okay. But I was even, able to play senior year. <laughs> But that must have been scary. I mean, having what happened to your foot during that surgery, I mean, I can only imagine that you might have been like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen here? You know, <laughs> that's like, that's pretty scary. <laughs> yes. So again, my mom was by my side as they rolled me back for surgery and then she took care of me thereafter. She's always there for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It sounds like your parents are pretty awesome. They are. I'm just, just going to say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like they really support you is what I They say. are. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah. So senior year, um, did that pretty go for the most part then relatively smoothly? Yes. I was very excited. We, um, we actually had the most wins that we'd had in like a decade. Uh, we went second round in the tournament. So that was definitely an amazing year for me, not to mention commissioning. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's great. You got to end on a high, a high note with your basketball career, which given everything you've been through, all these twists and turns, I mean, that's at least a positive, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you got to play the whole season, it sounds yes. like. Too. <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, and at this point, you were also already in your management track, right? Yes. And how was that going for you? Did that go pretty smoothly or... Yes. So I loved my management classes, my professors. That was the first year I had made Dean's List. I had gotten through um, the journey into my junior year. I made Dean's List for the first time. So my second half was of the academy was just amazing. I, I felt like I had gone through such a low time that the fact that I had made it to these big highlights in my career um, I was very appreciative of the Academy and the experience and the lessons that it taught me. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. You kind of had a rough start there, but the last couple of years sound like you pivoted a little bit and found your groove and really enjoyed, enjoyed yourself. I mean, for the most part, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but I'm curious, uh, did it ever cross your mind to leave the Academy? It did. 
so um, during that sophomore year, I had the option to leave, and I spoke to my parents about it, spoke to my mother, and she she had been there through it all, and she said, uh, Erica, do you, do you want to do this another year? You're like, you're hitting the pause button if you leave, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I know you. I know you can get through this, so it's your decision, but I think you should stay and tough it out. And that, that had a huge influence on you. It did. Um, anytime I, my parents don't sugarcoat anything. So if they felt like I needed to leave, they would have told me. And the fact that my mom was saying like, Hey, you can do this. You can make it through. That was kind of a turning point for me. And it helped me make my decision to stay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Do you look back now at yourself when you were like a senior in high school and, and just see how much of a transformation you've had? <laughs> Definitely. I grew up like 10 years at the Academy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. You were making really big decisions at the Academy there. So, and you've had, you know, literally like scary life, life experiences with, you know, surgery and that, I mean, that's, that alone is scary, that whole piece. So it's just a lot, it's a lot to face. And, uh, but it's, but again, it sounds like you ended on a, a pretty high note that grit came through and you, uh, found your groove eventually. Right. So, yes. So, so pretty- people, you'll ask people like, would you do it again? And you know, you have those people that will say absolutely not. No. Um, I would definitely do it again and I would do it 10 times over. Mm. I love the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, so, uh, so like, what would you say some of the biggest lessons you learned were? I always go back to um, the Robert Schuler quote. I think that's his name. Uh, tough times never last, but tough people do. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the epitome of my experience. Like, yeah, as long as you keep moving forward, um, nothing's going to hold you back. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. Which again, I think speaks to your, your awareness of something bigger outside of yourself that you were trying to do as Mm -hmm. a person, you know? So if you were this just there for basketball, I think you probably would have (laughs) left. Most likely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, all right. So, so tell me, about life post-graduation. So you, so you found out when that you were going to be going logistics. So I believe the beginning of senior year, we find out our jobs. Okay. So was there anything you had to do to prepare for that? Or was it still just kind of going through your management track and getting to graduation and all that stuff? Yeah. So you focus on school a lot and then you get six preferences. So you put in one through six, what you want your job to be. And then the air force does their algorithm and decides your career path. Okay. Okay. And, and how did you feel when you got notified what yours was going to be? I was surprised. Um, I guess I had focused so much on contracting and acquisitions that I kind of like, oh, logistics is just the third choice. I'm not going to get that. Um, <laughs> but when I found out, I was like, okay, logistics. I'll, I'll do some more research, um, digging. Um, and then I didn't really understand what logistics was until I commissioned and kind of went through tech school, got my feet wet, 
and no mm-hmm. turning back. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Logistics is, it's like key in this world. It makes everything go. So mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, my degree is in logistics, by the way. So oh, awesome! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just putting that out there. Um, so, okay. So, um, so logistics, when did you find out uh, where you were going first? I mean, I know you went to a tech school, but where you were going to be uh, stationed first and how did you feel about it? So I found out uh, closer to the end of senior year that I got Eglin. Uh, I had lived in Florida before, but more so near Patrick Air Force Base. Mm. So I was excited to get back to Florida. Um, every opportunity, just try to make the best of it. So, Yeah, yeah, that's very different, though, than the mountains of Colorado. Quite humid, <laughs> quite, you know, <laughs> quite different atmosphere. Yes, very different. Yeah, yeah. So now you're a 2018 grad, so it's been two years, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been at Eglin for the full two years, correct? Correct. Okay. How long are you there for? So I have one more year. I'll PCS next summer. Gotcha. Okay. So so tell me about that transition. Tell me about the transition going from academy life into into your job. Yes. Yeah, so some major advice I got was just immerse yourself in your job. Learn as much as you can from the youngest airman to the most senior NCO. They know more than you. So (laughs) pick their brain, learn from them, and just be willing to put egos aside. Like just learn your job. Mm -hmm. And have you taken that into what you're doing then? Is that kind of the approach? Yes, that's definitely the approach. Uh, All my success that I've had is definitely attributed to my teammates. Um, They keep me out of hot water. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, so so go into it a little bit. Tell me, tell me what the the career trajectory has been like since you got to Eglin. Yes, so I started at the F thirty five Sustainment Center as their officer in charge. So we handled all the supply chain operations for about thirty F thirty five aircraft. That was a a big learning moment. That's definitely the most intricate aircraft <laughs> that mm. is in our fleet. And again, their their systems and the parts that go on that aircraft went through our sustainment center. So just being a part of that was huge. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. after that, I went to wing protocol as a kind of career broadening program that our group does. So I went there and, uh, coordinated and planned all the DV distinguished visitors, uh, their visits for at Eglin. So that was a definitely an attention to detail job. <laughs> uh, yeah. it was good to learn everything that they do. And yeah. then, uh, I went and became the material management assistant flight commander. So kind of the overarching job of the F-35 sustainment center. So then I handled parts for the um, F-15, F-16, A-10, all the airframes on Eglin. Mm. And then today I'm the deployment and distribution flight commander. So we handle everything that moves air to ground that comes in and off of Eglin and the deployment uh, engine, we run that in my flight. Oh, that's pretty awesome. 
It I like is. that last one. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite job by far. So far. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, so how do you see your time at the Academy um, influencing the way you're showing up in all these different roles you've had and in this career path? So definitely putting yourself aside and focusing on the bigger picture. So one thing I've learned is your airmen look up to you, like everything you do, they're looking up to you and seeing, Hey, what, what's my leader doing? So just being influential in the way you carry yourself and I always try to be optimistic and ask them what they need, how they're doing. That's probably the biggest takeaway from the Academy. Like it's not about you focus on the bigger picture, focus on your airmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems to be a big theme with you. Big, big theme. You're always thinking um, just bigger than yourself, which is, which is awesome. You know, it's awesome to hear that. Um, I think there's a lot of like, stereotypes out there about people uh, like your generation you know the younger because mm-hmm. you know, I'm old I'm old lady <laughs> I'm 2004 grad um so it's just it's just nice to hear you know that like you really um have approached your whole career path and even your time at the academy just thinking always you know outside of yourself in that way and so so where do you go from here now do you get a say where you go after Eglin um, I do get a say, uh, we'll put in preferences on talent marketplace and then all of the commanders will look at who's interested in going to their base and they'll kind of decide from there where I go. I'm hoping to go to a contingency response group or wing, which is basically my job now, um, but bigger picture. So mm-hmm. that entire squadron will kind of do the deployment and distribution function. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you care where you go location wise or not really? Um, I'm hoping either McGuire, which they have a huge group up there or Travis. So those are kind of the big stateside bases for contingency response. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Now you alluded in the beginning to a bunch of other things that you're also doing (laughs) outside, outside of this air force thing. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, so I serve as the USAFA Way of Life Alumni Group Events and Programs Chair. So Way of Life is an affinity group that falls under the Academy Association of Graduates. And we focus on increasing the pool of qualified minority Air Force Academy candidates. Uh, We provide advice and counsel to the cadets that are currently at USAFA to maximize the retention rate that happens there. We give advice to graduates and newly commissioned lieutenants to help with their professional development. And we provide leadership and service to the local community as a whole. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so tell me more about that. So the biggest thing we focus on is retention. So we could have say 30, uh, specifically black cadets that will come into the academy and then only graduate with a little over half. So the retention really isn't there. So we focus on mentorship and reaching back to cadets to help them through their journey at the academy because 
we all come from so many different places, so many different backgrounds that the Academy can be a shock for some people. Um, mm -hmm. So we're there to support them and help them through the journey. Yeah. So, so what was your experience being a black woman at the Academy? It was different. I would say you're, you may be the only black female in a class. You might be one of two um, black females in your squadron, but being a basketball player and having my team as a support system kind of got me through any struggles that I would have had on the Hill. Gotcha. Okay. So, so this organization that you uh, are part of, I guess if, from what you're sharing, you know, if, if, if you hadn't had the basketball team, then perhaps your experience could have been a little different. And that's what yours, is that what your experience is with other uh, black men and women that are at the Academy? Yes. I would say that support system is huge. And if you don't have someone that's kind of going through the same situation as yourself. It can be hard because people don't really understand your story and what you're going through, but having that organization there, that teammate there can, will kind of help you get through it. And you're seeing that, Hey, this is possible. We have X number of graduates that have made it through. They're reaching back to me. So I know that I can get through this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So now in the Air Force itself, um, what is your experience as a black woman being in the Air Force? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure like what the percentage of uh, minorities is in the Air Force itself. Is, is that a huge, a huge issue? Like, you know, you said you were, you could be like the only female, black female in a, in a class at the academy. How is that experience com comparable to what you're doing now in the Air Force? So I think the Air Force is definitely a reflection of the academy in some sense. So I'm the only black female officer in my squadron currently. Mm -hmm. So if I want to find a mentor that kind of shares my same experience, um, I'll have to reach out further than, say, my counterpart who's a white male. So our squadron commander is a white male. If he needs that mentorship in that sense, then he gets that there yeah. every day. I just might have to put in more of an effort to find someone that can mentor me. Gotcha. And yes, but mm. I think even if I don't look like you or you don't look like me, the, the mentorship can definitely still happen. It just might be on a different level. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like this organization you're part of helps to fill some of those gaps and, and, you know, just yes, yeah, definitely. Provide a huge service. Yeah. Now, um, is that organization continuing to grow? I'm assuming, huh? It is. So it's also gone through a leadership change. So this 2019 was kind of the first year with this new committee, um, new vice president and president and the strides that we have made, um, from 2019 to now have been huge. Um, so with current events, um, we just recently had a forum where we had three distinguished um, Black Academy grads come and talk to cadets and graduates virtually and just talk through the current events that are happening, the future of the Air Force and what we can do to make a more inclusive and diverse Air Force and Air Force Academy as a whole. Nice. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like the organization is doing some amazing things. You're a big part of it. Um, and you already alluded to this, but when you look back on your decision to go to the Air Force Academy, it sounds like you're pretty happy with that decision. <laughs> yes, 100%. I love the Air Force Academy, uh, the greatest leadership institution. Uh, we might be tied with West Point and the Naval Academy <laughs> and all the federal <laughs> academies, but um, definitely the greatest opportunity that I've had in life. And I wouldn't change my decision at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, it's good to hear, especially with all the, the um, ups and downs you had while you were there. Um, but uh, was there anything else you want to share about what you're currently doing in your life right now? So we know that you're, you know, you have one more year at Eglin. We know that you're part of this amazing organization uh, trying to, in, you know, create some lasting change at the academy and beyond for uh, black minority. Is it specifically black minorities or is it, is it any minority? Yes. So specifically black minorities, there are other minority affinity groups that fall under the association of graduates. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, um, so is there anything else you want to share that you've been involved in? Uh, yes, I'm also, um, it's kind of a, a subgroup to Way of Life. It's called Peregrine, Inc. So they promote specifically the enhancement, networking, and unity of USAFA women of African descent. So it's uh, not just ethnicity, but we also go into female. So that's another um, ah. group that I'm a part of. What, so, and that's at both at the academy, retention, recruiting, and post-graduation? Yes. Okay. So do you hope to continue to be basically like a mentor for Black women that are going to the academy, interested in the academy, graduating from the academy? Is that one of your goals? Yes, that is one of my goals. So if I can help anyone get to where they want to be in life, that just solidifies that my existence has had a purpose. Like mm. it's not about me. I need to help other people get up and succeed in life. So, yeah. Well, listen, Erica, you have such an amazing energy about you. Um, and you're so positive. It's like, it's infectious. Seriously. Like, you know, um, it's it's super super impressive with everything you've done um and been through it's just it's crazy so um well uh is there anything else you'd like to share before we go um no i'd just like to say thank you for having me and allowing me to share my story i know we've had some amazing people on your platform so it's just encouraging to share my story <laughs> and hopefully help someone oh i'm sure i'm sure uh people are going to really resonate with everything you've shared, you know? Um, so I just, I appreciate you being willing to share. Um, but do you have any parting words for, um, for listeners and other service Academy graduates and women? Yes. I would just say, be the best person you can be, um, fail as many times as you need. It's just going to make you better never strive strive away from being uncomfortable because that's just going to take you to another level and make you better mm. you are wise beyond your years let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> so serious you gotta give your parents a big hug <laughs> i will <laughs> uh, seriously though that's a 
wonderful advice. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. And to end on a little bit more of a light note, uh, what is one random fun fact that you can share with people about you? Fun fact, uh, I have a screw in my foot and I've had two shoulder surgeries. So my medical record looks like an 80 year old, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a fun fact, but that's all I can come up with. Well, do you carry around a, I have metal parts, uh, card? I should, I need that. <laughs> I don't set off the alarm at the airport though. So that's okay, a good thing. So maybe it's a tiny screw. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's fun. That's kind of, well, I mean, not really that fun, but I mean, I guess if I fun. need to come up with another one, I can. <laughs> it's all good. If that's what you want to share, that's what you want to share. <laughs> um, Actually, can I, can I do that? I have, well, I don't know if this is a good one, but I can move my ears. That's one thing that I can do. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yes. Like you can wiggle your ears? Yes. I, I think that might that. be a better one. Well, that's a pretty cool fun fact that you can wiggle your, I can't wiggle my ears at all. So. <laughs> So in fact, I try to wiggle my ears and I wiggle my eye, like I can't move my eyebrows. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, all right, Erica, give, um, where can people reach you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on all social media platforms. So Instagram, uh, Erica, E-R-I-K-A-H-H-21, uh, Twitter at Erica, E-R-I-K-A, Chap 21, and LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere you reach out to me, I'll respond. Awesome. Well, and I will put all that in the show notes for people. Um, and Erica, it is just it's exciting to see where you're going to go next. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to visit the Service Academy Sorority website to see photos, comprehensive show notes, and contact information for each guest. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. In addition, if you enjoy what you heard here today, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please feel free to submit your contact information on our website at www.serviceacademysorority.com.